All right. <clears throat> it is March 2, 2022. And um, this is my third time recording. I There are some things that I decided I should just write down on my OneNote that I will organizely talk about later. But right now I'm working on my course before I start with Sun Power Start stuff. And I wanted to, um, well, I have to read this article. So I'm going to record it. So that way you can sink in a little more. And it's called Bringing the Science of Learning into Classrooms. Years of research prompt a group of scientists to ask whether we should rethink the way we do school. And this was written back in January 2019. So let's see how this goes. New research sheds light on the effects that childhood experiences, both good and bad, have on the developing brain. But are schools keeping up? The 20th century education system was never designed with the knowledge of developing brains, says Pamela Contour, MD, who is part of a cross-disciplinary team of experts studying the science of learning and development. So when we think about the fact that learning is a brain function and we have an education system that didn't have access to critical knowledge, the question becomes, do we have the will to create an education system that's informed by it? Contrary to the long-held belief that brain ma uh, maturation is largely complete by the age of six, we know now that our brains are malleable to continue and to change dramatically well into our 20s. This has profound implications for learning throughout the school age years. Because our neural tissues change in response to our environment, our experiences, and our relationships, a young child who faces persistent adversity at home, for example, will frequently retreat to flight or fight mode to protect themselves from violence or abuse. Over time, the brain's circuitry rewires favoring aggressive and anxious tendencies at the cost of cognition, reasoning, and memory. These children are also more likely to be placed in special education programs, be held back a grade, and have behavioral issues at school, according to recent research. The good news is that while toxic stress and abusive relationships can inhibit learning, positive and supportive learning environments can stem the tide. A trusting relationship with an adult, a teacher, a school counselor, for example, can be a protective buffer against the negative effects of stress. And because the brain is malleable and continually developing well into adulthood, a student can still meet his or her full potential despite initial or even ongoing negative experiences. According to the 2015 Harvard report, having at least one adult in a child's life who provides a stable, caring, and supportive relationship is one of the strongest ways to build resilience and help stack the scale against adversity. Another key takeaway for teachers is that the science confirms the variability um, in a developing brain is actually the norm, not the exception. A room full of five-year-olds spans the gamut of skills develop, developmentally speaking, and that continues to hold true for 10 and 16-year-olds. But while we are highly variable, we are all on similar paths, eventually acquiring the same set of skills in roughly the same order. What schools can do. 
The science says to us that in fact, the way the brain functions and grows, it needs safety, it needs warmth, it actually even needs hugs, explained Stanford professor Linda Darling-Hammond. We actually learn in a state of positive emotion much more effectively than we learn in a state of negative emotion. That has huge implications for what we do in schools. According to Darling-Hammond, there are a few ways schools can shift to better align with these insights. Number one, seize the opportunity. Because the amount of time children spend there, schools have an incredible opportunity to shape and developing brains of their students. Strong, long-lasting relationships between grown-ups and children in schools can override persistent negative experiences, priming a developing brain to learn and acquire more complex skills. Number two, expect variability and embrace it. Our brains do not mature on precisely calibrated schedules, and students throughout the school age years arrive in classrooms representing a wide spectrum of cognitive, social, and emotional development. Personalization is understanding where each student is developed developmentally and scaffolding a learning experience that begins at their current level. Three, integrate practices that explicitly address belonging and safety. We know now that when schools are safe, supportive places that affirm individual identity create paths for belonging for every student and intentionally build strong, long-lasting relationships. They open the opportunity for greater intellectual learning because our brains are more responsive and open to learning in safe environments. Both pedagogical pedagogical, I have no idea what that means, both pedag... Okay, let's define it. Pedagogical, relating to teaching. What do you mean by pedagogical? Relating to befitting a teacher or education. Examples, new teachers will be evaluated on pedagogical... Is that even how you say it? Pedagogical. Yeah pedagogical skills such as lesson planning and classroom management. What does pedagogical mean in teaching? Pedagogy, pedagogy. according to Merriam-Webster, pedagogy is the art, science, or profession of teaching. This broad definition covers various aspects of teaching, and there are many moving parts to pedagogy. Pedagogy, pedagogy, pedagogy. That include teaching styles, feedback, and assessment. The term pedagogy boils down to the study of different teaching methods. Hmm, interesting. Anyways, both pedagogical and social strategies can be integrated into classrooms and school systems in ways that are consistent in emerging science. According to 2018 study, the starting of the day with a simple relationship building activity welcoming students at the door can increase academic engagement by 20 percentage points while decreasing disruptive behavior by 9 percentage points. And at King Middle School in Maine, for example, 8th grade English language arts teacher Catherine Paul teaches talks moves. Short sentence starters such as, I disagree because to build a culture of tolerance and respect while maintaining rigorous academic standards. I do Talk moves because in order to have a great discussion, everyone has to feel like they're part of it and valued, Paul explains. And when they 
when they walk away, they really have bridged a gap with someone that maybe they wouldn't necessarily have to talk to or talk to on that level. Other strategies form other strategies from diverse schools representing a broad range of grade levels can be found in our video series, blah, 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 blah. What we now understand about human development and learning has come a long way since we began designing schools and shift can better align the way we teach with the way students learn. It should be noted, however, for the years great teachers have been doing things in classrooms, it should be noted, however, that for years, great teachers have been doing things in classrooms that embody what the science now confirms. In a nutshell, relationships matter deeply. Learning happens when the brain feels safe and supported, and no child is a lost cause. What is so true in the science of human development is that it is an optimistic story. Contour says. It tells a story that no matter what a child's starting point is, the development is possible if it is intentionally encouraged in the experiences and relationships that the children have. Um, is that the end of this thing? Okay. Okay, yeah. I think that's it. So let's go back over here. Now take the quiz okay so that was bringing science learning into the classrooms um, pedagogy is what i learned